2: No purchase necessary. work prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Blob Talk Radio. <laughs>
3: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Red Fox Blogger with your host, Cal Fritzi. I trust everybody is doing well today. I hope so. It's a beautiful day out there. Go out and enjoy it after you listen to me, of course. (laughs) I have a few uh, program announcements I'm going to share with you later, and that is, well, primarily, ladies and gentlemen, I'm primetime. I am back in primetime. I'm going to announce with you a couple of changes I've made to the show. I will do that a little later in the program, but I really am excited about today's program. I have a wonderful guest, and his name is Randy Noble. He is an author. He has published his latest publication is an absolutely fantastic read, The Rose of Norwich. And I probably muffed that up already. And Randy's on the line and he's listening to me. And he's going to uh, not be too happy with me. (laughs) I'm sorry. But The Rose of Nowitz. I read that book. I cried. It is a fantastic read. I am honored to have Randy on the the, uh, show with me today. Randy is a self-published author. He has written five books. Beyond the Veil, Shining Star, The Promise, Driven by the Wind, and The Rose of Narwitz. He has sent these books over to Iran, which is his inspiration. He is an inspiring writer. He is inspired by the spirit of the people in Iran. These people are what motivate him. The books, like I say, are beautiful. The Rose of Narwitz, is what we'll be discussing today. And with that, I would like to bring on my guest, Randy. And Randy, welcome to Red Fox Blogger, and thank you for being here.
2: It is a pleasure, Kel, to be on your program today, to be a voice for my friends in Iran. Thank you so much for that.
3: It is an absolute honor because I read this book. It moved me to... um, a point. Some places I would laugh and some places I would literally weep. It's a very, very moving story. It's a very inspiring story. The characters really stayed with me. Uh, they, they they, have names, but they're my friends in my heart, I feel. Uh, Bahara, Zenab. all these uh, characters, They, they jump to you. They jump at you right out of the pages. It is the type of book that you read and Everything comes to life. You can practically smell the roses, and you can hear the violins playing as they're described in that book. Randy, what inspired you to write this particular story?
2: Well, it's based on my very dear friends in Iran that I talk to online, I chat with, I even Skype with. And these are real people. The dream of hope and freedom for them is to be sitting where you're sitting, Kel, to be sitting where I'm sitting. This is why I call it the Rose of Nauruz, the Persian New Year Nauruz, dreams of hope and freedom. And so Behera is based on a woman's rights advocate who is now spending the next six years in Evin prison for standing up for the rights of women. Her name, too, is Behera. you probably heard about her if you went on any website. Behera Hedayat. She was part mm-hmm. of the Million Signatures campaign, and her her character jumped out at me because she wants freedom for women in Iran. And so when I think of the Rose of Neruz, I think of Behera. Another twist on the character Behera is the violin playing. Now, what's that based on? I have a friend in Tehran. Her name is Elnaz. She is a real violin player. She plays for the Tehran Symphony Orchestra. This is her life. And her passion for playing the violin became part of my book. And so it's based on real people that I talk with almost every day, these are a compilation of characters of
3: all the people that you've actually met of course you have um there there's one character in particular that I find rather intriguing, and that is um Hattie that is a uh, behar's friend that um she um accompanies on vacation with the, both their families. Hattie is a very interesting character, and his conversion to Christianity and his disclosure of that with uh, Bahara that kind of left her a little unnerved. And do you suppose Hattie was a huge influence in Behera's, uh decision to do what she did in the end, and that was to engage in the protest?
2: Hattie was a tremendous influence on her because Bahari didn't know what to do with her feelings. She knew her father really didn't like her playing violin. You see, in Islam, especially the Shiite version of Islam in Iran, they think that musical interests, musical instruments are a distraction from the straight path following Allah. So they discourage violin playing. Okay. Behara loves the violin. It is her whole world, her whole inspiration. It's how she copes with the pressure of living in Iran. So she has no real relationship with her father. When she meets Hadi and finds out that he feels the same way that she does about the oppression and fear and the way the government treats people, she connects with him instantly. And and, and she really has strong feelings. But when Hadi says to her, Behara, I have found a peace and a love I never knew before as a Muslim, and I've become a Christian, it frightens her. Because you see, Kel, in Islam, in Iran, it's called the sin of apostasy for any Muslim to convert to any other religion, especially Christianity. Mm-hmm. Ahmadinejad had a hatred for Christianity in the house church movement. So when she finds out that her really dear friend Hadi has converted, she's frightened for his life.
3: And, and that's the thing. And um, the, 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 the book... Uh concentrates on this too and of course I brought this up when I did my special for uh, for Netta last week in that during the televised debates Ahmadinejad really showed his true colors and what he meant for Iran when he criticized his opponent for allowing his wife to be seen with him in public
2: mm-hmm.
3: that was really a catalyst for a lot of people in Iran to take to the streets and thus the green movement was born wasn't it
2: That's true. Uh, Ahmadinejad makes no bones about his feelings uh, uh, for how he wants to treat the common average Iranian. Uh, You you see the child executions that have gone on under his administration, and you see the number of political prisoners, bloggers, journalists. He wants to shut down any voice but the voice of the supreme leader, the voice of the Islamic uh, Ayatollah. And so he's very critical of anything that does not conform to Islamic law, especially what you just mentioned. And by the way, uh, your tribute to Netta, really, really beautiful. Really enjoyed it.
3: Oh, thank you very much. I really enjoyed doing that for Netta. I, yeah, I want to talk about Netta in a minute, if you don't mind, because uh, sure. this is uh, she is the inspiration for this book, isn't she?
2: The video like she of is Netta. the true inspiration. I recently did a dedication to Netta too on my Cross in the Desert video program. And there are some lyrics to a song in the Rose of Neruz that fits Netta to a T. And yes, she is the inspiration. Seeing her video four years ago absolutely changed my life. It changed everyone's life you know, all over the world. They see that small little cell phone video of this young, beautiful Iranian girl. And I say beautiful because you know. You see her pictures. Just beautiful. Dying absolutely. in the streets. Dying in the streets. When I saw that, it changed my life. The, the book is very much dedicated to her because the name Netta means voice. Voice calling. And I say in my tribute, I still hear her voice calling. She's calling to you and me to stand up for the rights of Iranians. And so in in the book, The Rose of Neruz, there's a song that Behara writes for the stage play, uh, the play about freedom. And The Rose of Neruz is a song dedicated to, to Neta. There is a rose that was silenced, that was crushed, but it will grow again. The sun will rise, shine again. You gave us hope, gave us freedom, gave us life. Your life will never end. The rose will live again. The sun is going to shine again. The rose is going to live again. And so you have this song, Behara writes in the violin. It's a song of hope for a free Iran one day. And, of course, that began with Netta.
3: And she abs- absolutely, she did become the face of the Green Revolution that uh, started in 2009 and uh, went into uh, 2010. I remember, you know, Hmm. back then I really wasn't too familiar with a lot of things happening around the planet. I I knew there were some issues going on, but I really wasn't uh, quite aware of just how dire the situation was in particular in Iran, I would watch the evening news and I would see these protests going on and I would see these uh, people in the streets and uh, they would be demanding things and I wasn't quite sure what they were doing. Like I say, I really wasn't quite aware. But then something changed. I saw footage of Netta Sultan. And I looked at I I I couldn't believe my eyes. I was like, well, what, what what am I looking at here? What is this? It really prompted me to start looking into what exactly is going on in Iran, and what is this green movement or green revolution? What is this? And I looked into it. I um, couldn't. Uh, Keep myself away from the computer looking into what was going on in Iran and what these students were trying to accomplish and what they were doing and what Ahmadinejad was all about and the oppression that they were feeling and what Ahmadinejad meant to the people of Iran and why they were protesting. For a re-election to, Because they thought the election was rigged And I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a rigged election yeah. There was absolutely no way That Ahmadinejad got in legitimately This is what no. they were protesting This is what they were doing And I was sitting here In my comfy little easy chair Looking at the news And watching these people Actually get out there And they're on the streets And they're saying Look, we have a voice We're going to do something about this God help us and they were, and then that uh, that infamous footage of Netta,
2: that mm-hmm. just
3: I, I think that pretty much turned the entire world on its heel, and people really sat up and started paying attention as to what is going on over there. They are shooting protesters in the streets.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: These
3: snipers were on the roofs, and they were they were literally picking people off, live bullets. Mm-hmm. People were dying in the Because they were standing up for freedom And they were standing up for their liberty They were standing up for their rights That people were literally dying for And I think that's that's when it really hit me, Randy Is that we have it so easy over here With our freedoms and our democracies And we just have to look over there To see what they're trying to accomplish What they want and what they deserve as human beings So when I came across you your book, and I, I, I immediately said to myself, I have to read this book, I have to read this book, and I am so grateful to you for um, graciously sending me a copy. I, like I say, it, it just took me to a place in my, in my, in my. It really, really affected me. This is a book that it's one of those books that you don't want to. It's like a good movie. <laughs> You know no. the end is coming, but you don't want it to end. You want it to keep going, and you want it to keep going. It it, it had that effect on me. Are you getting a lot of reaction uh, from people regarding this particular book? Like I know you have written very many books, but this one in particular, like I say, are you getting a lot of feedback, and what are people saying about it, and how does it make you feel when you get the feedback for this particular novel?
2: Well, first of all, thank you from my heart and for your kind words. And the feedback I'm getting, Kel, is amazing because I have the privilege with our technology to forward the PDF files of my book, The Rose of Nehruz, to my friends that live in Iran. So when I send it to them, they want to read about what I think. They want to hear about what I say. And I have one friend that is a big inspiration along with Netta for this book. She's a real person. Her name is Atafi. Adafi is uh, studying French language, and she's an English supervisor, and she lives in Tehran. She wrote a little episode about her feelings about wearing the hijab one hot, sultry day on a bus. When she shared this story with me about how oppressed she felt sitting in the back of the bus because of the... uh, In Iran, the sexes are separated. The men sit in the front of this Uh particular bus. The women have to sit in the back. This was a hot, sultry day. She was wearing her hijab. She was sweating. And as she shared this story with me, this became a big impetus for the book. And and in fact, Chapter 2, Is This What Islam Has Brought Us, was the question she asked. And this became a big part of the book. Now, Adafi read my book, just like you, and she lives right in the middle of what we're talking about. And Adafi says this, I must say that every time that I read this book, I start crying for a while, and I want to shout, this is real. This is happening to us. Your book is amazing, a true explanation of what we tolerate here every day and night. And I want to thank you for every word. That you wrote for us. Every book signing. I go to. I share this with my friends. I have a story here. From Adafi. Which I'll share later. But from my blog. That will. It will do something. Within your heart of hearts. Because she's describing. An everyday life of an Iranian woman. And we'll do that later. But this is what Adafi says. Uh, Another friend of mine. Miriam. And I, I don't want to say too much about their names, their last names. That That's very important.
0: Mm-hmm. She
2: says, I, I love the way of your writing, as if you are living here with us and know exactly what we are suffering from. This is what Miriam says, and I could go on. I am so humbled by my friends in Iran, and I wrote this for them, but I also wrote this for many other people in the world to bring attention, to what's going on with my friends. And And Adafi said one thing one time that motivates me to write this book. And she says, please, Randy, be our voice. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing today with you. Because Adafi wants someone to speak up for them. To speak up for them that can't speak up for themselves. And this is what I'm doing. And I just, I'm so humbled by that. I, I've sent this book to human rights activists, uh, one in particular, Caspian and Nez's fiancé, and other uh-huh. human rights activists in Canada and here in the United States. And so I'm trying to get the message out that we have a situation in Iran that human rights people need to know more about, to be more informed about, to speak out more about. Because my goal in all of this, Kel, is that they would have a better life. It's pure and simple that's why i do it
3: the people of iran are a very 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 uh, special people they're they're persians mm-hmm. they have a very strong rich and noble history yes so for them to undergo these uh um drastic transformations within what they have, um what they have uh what what they've lost The people of Iran have lost so much under Ahmadinejad. Now we have a new leader in Iran. Do you have any uh, hope that Iran will be transformed back to her former glory, or do you think that this is just another puppet of the uh, Sharia?
2: You said it best right there, Kel. Um, I'm going to quote what my friend in Iran did at a recent election. She said to me, as we were chatting on Yahoo, mullahs don't change. They are all the same. Most of my friends say the same thing. One president, the same as the other. He's a puppet, yes, of the Ayatollah. What's interesting about Rouhani, is that he was ushered in with this claim of moderacy, with this claim of new dialogue with the West, with this claim of, I'm going to free some political prisoners. This was a master act of the uh, Islamic regime to tout him in and tone down the people so there wouldn't be a repeat of 2009, and it worked. You notice there was no violence. There was, if any, no protest. They touted him in to tone it down Uh to protect themselves, and it worked. But his message is really no different. He has to be approved by the Guardian Council. He is usually handpicked by the Supreme Leader and he's very, very, very uh, tied in with the views of the Supreme Leader. In fact, there's a story on the internet going around about his son that committed suicide because of his extremism. So in While Rouhani claims to be a moderate and claims to want some change, no, no.
3: Oh, that's exactly it. And that was, yeah, exactly, Randy. And that is an excellent point. Hassan Rouhani, he went on his his campaign and as part of his platform, he was campaigning on hope and prudence. And I don't know if the people of Iran are exactly buying that at all. Mm -hmm. And my understanding, too, is that Iran, he may be nothing more than stage stage dressing, for lack of a better phrase. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's window dressing. He's window dressing, but it's actually the mullahs who control what happens in Iran as well, isn't it? Mm
2: Well, what's happening here is that we have a problem with Iranians really under the pressure of sanctions. And they have Israel breathing down their neck about the nuclear program. And this is their strategy yeah. to make life better for the people, to somehow ease the sanctions a little bit, to talk more openly with the West. Okay, And so this is very dangerous because it's deceptive. But I have a humorous thing I want to say in all of this seriousness. I was saying about my friend in, in Iran. She knows that mullahs don't change, Cal. So her friend said, look, you've got to get out and vote. If you don't, you're going to lose your government benefits. So Iranians, when they come to the poll, a lot of times is out of coercion and fear. They could lose status on their visa, government benefits, if they don't uh-huh. vote. When they, when they go mm-hmm. there, their name is entered into a computer, and the, it's on their registration card, it is made certain that if they voted, there's a little star there that they voted. For their registration card to ever be looked at, and, and Iranian officials notice that they didn't vote, is considered anti-government. So my friend, out of fear, went to the polls, right? She doesn't want to vote for any of the candidates. So she said, Randy, when it came time to write down the name of the candidate, I wrote down the name of my favorite rock star, and she wrote down Justin Bieber and left. And this this is what she did, and I I could not believe it. My, my friend put on the ballot for president of Iran, Justin Bieber. Wow!
3: What did you say to that? <laughs> I thought that was brilliant, and I read that. <laughs> I was thinking kudos to her. Like that is just absolutely fantastic that she would do that. <laughs> and, and but I you know the what? Blog, that... Look,
2: <laughs> go ahead.
3: Oh no. I was just going to say you know what at least they're out there and uh, that that is their protest vote. I I thought that was brilliant. I mean here in the west what do we do? We go in our protest vote is to um mark every box with an X and put it in the ballot box and we have essentially busted our ballot. But for them mm-hmm. to have the the uh, audacity and the, the great audacity to do that leaves me in awe and admiration.
2: Well, wow. and she, she just blesses my heart. This is a very strong, courageous girl. And I think of my freedom and your freedom to vote for anyone we want to, without coercion. I know we don't have a perfect system. We have all kinds of challenges to our freedom, but it's still the best freedom in the world. And my friend said, I'm tired of this. This is not who I believe in. Here's somebody I believe in, and I'm voting for it. And I wrote a blog about her because I think she's incredible.
3: Oh, absolutely. I wanna talk about one character um in particular, and that's Zeneb. And that's Bahara's best friend.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: How she is a very dark character. Um yes. not dark in the sense of um any a- anything you know, under what's the word I'm looking for? well she she's a very old soul rather i should mm-hmm. put it that way she's she's very right. dark she has a very old soul she had seen pretty much since she was old enough to uh reason that there were things very seriously wrong zainab is quite a rebel and zainab mm-hmm. is rather uh, perplexing to Behara some days how mm-hmm. how but uh Zeynab decided she just wasn't going to take it anymore, and I was reading in the book about her expulsion from Turan University and her being stopped by the morality police, and that being the final straw for her, and I'm not going to go into any further detail about Zeynab's character and that aspect. How hard was it to write that character, Zeynab in particular?
2: because She was just so,
3: so dark.
2: I wanted to contrast Behara as this timid girl under uh, the rule and discipline of her father. She's always been afraid, that is Behera, to speak up, even though she sees things that destroy her. And her father is a government man. He's a university professor, so she is very afraid of him. I put a character like Zainab to contrast with Behara. Zainab is a rugged individual, like an old soul, like you mentioned. Zainab is based on a few of my real friends in Iran that are atheists, and I just wanted to write about Zainab because Zainab represents someone she's not afraid to speak up, like Behara. Zainab has lived life in the, in the hard, fast lane of seeing so much oppression and fear. She's not afraid, but she's desperate. And and that's why I wrote this character, because Zainab was going to have an effect to the point on Beherra for Beherra to crawl out of this shell, and say I've had enough, I'm tired of what I see my friends going through. I'm not afraid anymore. And what happens in, during the book, and I won't give all this away, but there's a breaking point for Zainab. One day on the way to school, she stopped by the morality police, the Gossier Shad. Now the Gossier mm-hmm. Shad is a real group of people that drive around in a van making sure that women and men comply with the Islamic dress code. If you're a woman wearing your hijab improperly, if you have fingernail polish or anything out of the ordinary, you can get stopped, written up, arrested, and fined. And one day, this happens to Zainab at a low point in her life. And when you read the book, you'll see what happens. I won't give that away. But what happens to Zainab is the impetus for Behara coming out of this shell and saying, I love my friends. I'm going to take a stand for their freedom right where I live. And so Zainab is that character that's based on a lot of my friends that are real atheists, that have lost all hope in anything. And so I wrote it uh, on purpose. as She was that one catalyst to help Prahera become that woman freedom fighter.
3: And like I say, <clears throat> that is uh, definitely, pardon me, that is definitely what really made me sit up and, and, and sit a little straighter in my chair, reading that uh, particular passage and uh, what Zenab knew what was going on. and And it did wake up. Behera, indeed. It it did bring Behera out, and it did make Behera what I call the warrior princess she became.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know what Behera said. She's sitting there waiting for the bus to go home, and she's heard about all of those things in her classroom, about how Muhammad treated people, and women in particular, with just great dignity. And she's tired of the talking points. She's tired of the old labels. And that's why she could say, writing in her journal, I am a woman, I am more than just a veil. I am more than what I wear. I am someone, someone who has the right to speak her mind, the right to be heard, the right to pursue her dreams, the right to be respected, and the right to be treated as an equal. This is a big part um, in Behera's life. When she writes these words down, it becomes part of the play. And you can see the woman freedom fighter rising up finally in Behera.
3: Absolutely. I want to go to a bit of a break. I want to come back and continue this discussion. I want to ask you in particular about the character Ryan in the book. But I was wondering, would you like to take a a little bit of a break so maybe you can refresh your tea?
2: I'll be fine, and I appreciate that. And I've got my strawberry lemonade today.
3: Right on. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a little bit of a break. Everybody, refresh your drinks and do get something cold. It's very, very warm out there today. We are in a heat wave, so please put some ice in your lemonade. We will see you back here in a few minutes. Meanwhile, please enjoy the song I'm going to play. It's by Matt Redmond. It's Heart of Worship, and we will see you back here in a second.
1: When the music fades All is I
3: welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that song. That was by Matt Redman. It's called Heart of Worship. With with me this afternoon, I have Randy L. Noble, novelist. His latest book, The Rose of Naruse. Randy, it is, like I say, an honor and a privilege to have you on my show today.
2: Well, it's been a pleasure, and I've enjoyed um, just every minute, Kel. I thank you so much for your passion. Uh, for, for Iranians It's very very clear when I talk to you What a love you have for them And it's so good to connect with someone That's like minded like that And I just thank you so much for letting me be a voice T- Together Cal We are a voice really for them for, for hope and freedom And a lot of people don't understand what goes on in Iran They hear a lot in the news about the nuclear situation But they don't know enough about the average person And that's why I wrote The Rosa neruz to put a face on Iranians, and they're people just like you and me with with hurts and needs, and every one of my friends, without a doubt, every one of the things they ask me to do is to pray for them, and so when I do a program like this, I'm really doing it for them. It's it's not about me, it's about them, and I and I just want to make that really clear.
3: I want I want to share with you a a, a story about my encounter with a young Iranian man if I may this sure. is uh something i know that i'm i'm sure you'll uh, appreciate i when i was in uh, university i also did volunteer work and i would i would tutor uh, or, uh students that had arrived and recently arrived in canada i tutored a young Iranian lad. His name is Arya Sanai. His father was a general under the uh, old re- the old regime, the Shah. Mm-hmm. And when the, when the Shah of Iran was uh, overthrown, when when Ar- um, Iran fell in 1979, his uh, family made arrangements for his children to be smuggled out of the country because his life, of course, would be in peril by then. Because I mean, he was. Right. Um, a general with the Shah. One of those children came to Canada. He was a 14-year-old boy. His English was perfect. He was absolutely a young lad beyond his years in maturity. It was my honor and my privilege to meet him, and he would discuss with me what was going on in Iran. And he would show me photos of his sisters and his parents. They looked like any westernized family you could imagine. The sisters, they had the beautiful, uh, long-flowing hair, and they were stylish, very pretty, pretty uh, young ladies. Aria, of course, was a handsome man. I remember when there was a catastrophe at NASA, when the space shuttle exploded in the air and that was uh, including the uh, school teacher Christy McCullough, was on that yes. particular uh, shuttle and people were just so upset and people were beside besides themselves and Arya turned to me and he said i know this is a catastrophic event but how come people know how come they don't speak about what's happening to my people in iran
1: mm-hmm.
3: that always stayed with me Randy I never mm. ever let that go. But I always think of Arya Sanai. And when I was reading this book, I immediately went to Arya and his memory. And just to let everybody know, Arya graduated from the University of Toronto. He is now a medical doctor.
2: Wonderful. So, uh-huh.
3: I'm very, very proud that I had a chance to meet Arya Sanai in, in my life. That is pretty much why I have always been very close to the people of Iran, I think, and why I have such an affinity with them is because I tutored a 14-year-old for a year, and he never left my memory ever. Aria always stays with me.
2: That is absolutely great. You see, it takes an event, Cal, in your life like it took the event of Netta's video, Dying in the Streets, and you had the privilege of seeing someone face-to-face that lived there and hearing what went on from them. And and that's an incredible, life-changing event, and I'm so glad to hear that he has graduated and he's successful and he lives in a a great country, Canada. And I just want to say, in retrospect, how much I admire the Canadian Parliament for passing a bill on September 1st of, of this year, they're going to honor the memory of those thousands of Iranian political prisoners slaughtered in 1988. So I want to say thank you to the country you live in, Canada, for the parliament, this bill called Crimes Against Humanity, honoring the, the citizens of Iran, the political prisoners that were slaughtered in 1988. So when I think of Aria and I think of the success, I'm very grateful to your country that has all has has already taken a step forward for the good of humanity as well.
3: We have a very good government right now, Mm -hmm. definitely. Our Prime Minister, Stephen Harper, is very, very empathetic to the plight of the Iranian people, and I am very honored that he is our leader right now and that he is doing that. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to say, though, Aria, like, he kind of piqued me. But, like I say, giants tend to go to sleep, and I went to sleep for quite a while after that. It wasn't until I started... Rediscovering what was going on in Iran And Netta being the catalyst for doing that Mm -hmm. Arya always stayed with me He was always in the back of my mind Mm. But like I say, giants have a tendency to go to sleep again And I did It was uh, Netta that reawoke my spirit And my empathy for the people of Iran And something else too In uh, what uh, the Canadian government is doing In honor of these people is that we also had an incident? We had one of our very own Canadian journalists who was murdered. She was thrown in the the um, in in prison. She was thrown in Evan prison, the most notorious mm-hmm. prison I think people will mm-hmm. ever hear of on this planet is Evan yes. prison. And oh. her name was Zahar uh, Kazemi. She was a a photojournalist, and she was in Iran, and she was taking photographs, and she was taken into custody. She was taken to Evin Prison, where she was subsequently raped and murdered and buried in an unmarked grave. And that always had been um, a very, very, very brightly lit point in in, in Canada. We were so upset about that.
2: Yes, and do you know also, I want to mention to you while you're saying about people in Evan Prison, there is a, a blogger who had a website who was falsely accused of having a pornographic website. His name is Saeed Malekpour. He's a Canadian, he's in Evan Prison, and his uh, dear mm-hmm. daughter lives there in Canada, a Mary Malekpour that keeps his story alive. And so when I think of Canadians now, I'm also wanting to think of Saeed as well. There is another Saeed uh, I want to mention that is a dear friend of mine through Negma. It's Saeed Abedini, who is in Evan Prison. He is an Iranian pastor. He lived in Iran. He met his wife, Negma, in Iran. They are both American citizens. And he has been in Evan Prison tortured for his faith as a Christian. But the American Center for Law and Justice has sent out a petition, Kel, to speak out for this man, Saeed Abedini, my good friend, in Evan Prison. And there's making great progress in getting over 600,000 signatures. His wife just came back from Geneva, Switzerland, speaking on his behalf before the United Nations. And I just want to remind your listeners, please speak up for Saeed Abedini in Evan Prison. All you do to do that is go to SaveSaeed.org. And sign the petition. And since you're speaking of Evan Prison, I just wanted to mention in passing, if I could, two of my dear friends who inspired me in my writings as well as Netta, uh, Marian and Marzea, wrote a book called Captive in Iran. They spent 259 days in Iran's Evan Prison, as you mentioned. Their book is phenomenal. They are such an inspiration. They're my Facebook friends. And they spent that 259 days, Kel, not just thinking of their problems. They spent it ministering, praying, and reaching out with the love of Christ to Iranian prostitutes, to Iranian uh, political prisoners, and all kinds of different stripes of people in Evan Prison. And they were miraculously freed three years ago, and they are living here in the United States. So yes, Evan Prison is a horrible place. And I really highly recommend their book, Captive in Iran. If people want to know what it's like to live in a place like that, read their book, please.
3: Absolutely. I want to get to your blog in a minute, but I, like I say, I really wanted to talk about this character in the book, Ryan. How much of an influence does Ryan play in this book and how he affects Behera? And who is Ryan based on?
2: <laughs> this is a hard question. This is—I wonder what you're thinking right now. I mean, could, could you possibly think it's got something to do with me? Well, you know, this was a struggle. This, yeah, this was a struggle. I thought, do I really want to put me in this book? But then I begin to think, Kel, this is a real life situation. I talked to Iranians on Facebook. This is uh-huh. real life, and so I thought. What can I do to give Behera some hope in this book? She's going to become this woman freedom fighter caught in the middle of of this place in Iran. Where does she get her help and support from? So I thought, why not bring myself into this book under a different name? Because it really happens every day I talk to them. And Behera has a lifeline, someone that stands and supports her. And that's just like me. I struggled with this, uh, whether to put it in or not, and I don't know why I did, but in the end I did, because I wanted to show that there are Americans, Canadians, that love Iranians. And the way to get that message into the Rose of Naruz was to put a real experience of video chat. These are real things that happened. And this is what carries Behara through her darkest moments, is her Christian friend.
3: I think Ryan was a very. Wonderful character. He 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 he's a very rich character. He is so empathetic, and he is so he 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 understands. He he understands what uh, Behera is going through, and well, his only stri- yeah. yeah. His only strivation is for him to help her find peace, and he does that. The the uh, Ryan's reaction to uh, Behera, in the end, is heart-wrenching. It is uh, because Behera does become a warrior princess, and Ryan is very worried for her. So it's heart-wrenching uh, to experience Ryan's emotions over his dear friend Behera and what she's doing and what she's accomplishing. It's a very, very interwined the relationship between Bahara and Ryan is very, very um, emotional. It's very deep. So I really did want to bring up Ryan. And I was, uh, guess who I had in my mind while I was reading? <laughs> you betcha. Well, and I think you did it beautifully. I, yeah.
2: Yeah, thanks. How does Ryan deal with this, what happens to Behara? He wants to bring something good, something beautiful out of the ashes of her suffering. Uh, my next endeavor book I'm writing is the follow-up to The Promise. It's called Beauty from the Ashes. And, and this is what Ryan does in The Rose of Neruz. How can I best tell the world her story? Well, when you read The Rose of Neruz you're going to find out. I don't want to spoil it. But this is what he does. He wants to say, just like I did with Netta. Netta, I hear your voice, and I want to do something to honor you so Iranians will never forget you. And this is what Ryan does with Behera.
3: And it's done wonderfully. Like I say, ladies and gentlemen, please, you have to read this book. And actually, read all of Randy's books. But this one in particular we're discussing today, The Rose of Nerus, was a book that really touched me. It's a book that jumps out at you, and I am not saying this because I have the author on the phone with me. (laughs) I sought out Randy. Randy, I said, Randy, please, please come on my show and discuss this book because it is... If I was Oprah Winfrey, (laughs) it would be Oprah's pick. (laughs) This is how much I love this book. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're not in the chat room or... um, If uh, you can't see the screen, if you're listening on other devices, which I know you are, please, you can purchase the book at uh, Amazon.com, and there are other fine book distributors. In a moment, we're going to uh, discuss Randy's uh, blog that he has, and I have some really interesting comments to make about that, because I read this blog, and I thought it was just absolutely fantastic. (laughs) We are down to 10 minutes, but you know what, Randy? I was wondering, would you like to stay with me maybe for another uh, 20 minutes or so where I can extend the
2: show? That's fine. I'm yours today. Uh, This is my day off from work, Cal. There's There's no constraints. I'm yours. Oh, that is
3: great. I want to thank you for that. I really appreciate this. Like I say, I am just so excited to have you on the show because I know that my listeners will love this. And if we can get the word out about this beautiful story that you have written, then my work is done, sir. But what I'm going to do then, in that case, I'm going to take just another quick uh, two-minute break and uh, let you put more ice in that tea of yours. Okay. Okay, we'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back, everybody, to the Red Fox Vlogger with your host, Kel Fritzi. And my guest today is Randy L. Noble, author of The Rose of Neroos. Randy, I just had to... I played that song for Netta on my last mm-hmm. show, and I just felt inclined to play it again today because it is so fitting. Of course, it is violin. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever had a chance to speak with uh, Caspian Macon and... Do you know how he feels about this book?
2: Caspian has not told me directly. He said when I first met him back in January that it was beautiful. And he says, I don't know English very well, so I'm struggling through it. But I did a special program about Netta's birthday her 30th birthday, if she had lived, back in January. And I showed a picture that Caspian had taken of himself gazing at a picture of Netta with candles in the background. And it was such a beautiful photographic tribute to Netta for her 30th birthday, if she was still alive. And I did a special uh, video on this, and he liked it so much that he put it out on YouTube, and it got thousands of hits. Um, so I, I take it to mean from Caspian, he's very grateful that I cared so much about his fiance, And he's a man with such integrity, Kel. He's constantly out there fighting for people's freedoms. Um, he has a wonderful website, and it's mostly in Persian, so I can't read it. But um, he's a fighter and a champion for human rights. He does appreciate the book, and I just hope he passes it on to his friends, because This is what it's about, getting the book out into the hands of those that can speak for Iran.
3: Yeah, Caspian is a very, very wonderful man, and I am so glad that he resides uh, rather close to me, in fact. Uh Uh-huh. And I have spoken with him on the Internet. We actually, we, we talked quite a bit over the last two weeks because I was, Approaching him about doing a special for Netta for June 20th. He was very gracious with his time and he sent mm-hmm. me that beautiful, beautiful uh, YouTube that he had uh, made for Netta to commemorate uh, International Netta Day. And it is International Netta Day, ladies and gentlemen. June 20th yes. is International Netta Day. So please always remember the memory of Netta on June 20th. He is a very Uh, Grim man at times. Um, That man, he smiles very gently. He has a gentle smile, but he doesn't laugh. I don't think that he will ever find peace until what Netta was trying to accomplish is actually achieved because what happened to Netta will never leave him. And I know it's very difficult for for Caspian to carry on some days, but he does. He keeps Netta's memory alive, and people like you and me, we do likewise. I think that Caspian is very, very um, akin to uh, people like us. Hey, Randy?
2: Right, and I remember on that special day you mentioned, June 20th, um, I put on my timeline a a picture of Netta in the blog, and then I love this video that he made. It's narrated in Persian, but it has subtitles in English. And it's, of course, a call to boycott the election, and it was talking about Netta. What a superb job he did of that. I have a friend, and I can't mention her name because she doesn't want me to. She also lives in Canada, and they're very good friends together. And she also did a video tribute to Netta. Netta will never be forgotten for you and me and Caspian and I hope for thousands of other people because no matter what happens in Iran, she is the symbol. She's the rose of Neruz.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. But um I wanna move on and talk about your blog. Okay. This is a fantastic blog, The Cross in the Desert. And I have put the links up in the show highlights, ladies and gentlemen. So when you're listening in archive, they're there. They're broken. For some reason, I cannot get them to directly connect. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to put all the links proper in my blog. And you can find me at redfoxblogger.blogspot.com. Later on today, I will have everything proper right there. So if you're having trouble getting to these sites, Rest assured, I will have them in my blog later on today for you, redfoxblogger.blogspot.com. But this is a great blog that you have, Randy, the Cross in the Desert. And it's great. I was reading your uh, latest entry Mullahs Don't Change, Justin Bieber for President of Iran, as you alluded to earlier. You are absolutely bang on with this this is fantastic but there are so many entries in this blog people that you have to check it out it is wonderful there's one in particular of course that stays with me and that is the tribute to neta and you have um um a video in there, it's uh, Remembering Netta, the Angel of Iran, and that is from Monday, May 27th of 2013, so people, when I put the link in my blog, please scroll down, you don't have to scroll down very far, it's there, it's very moving though, but tell me about your blog in general, how did you start your blog, what inspired you to um, do it?
2: Well, or my first. Do I need reason, to even
3: ask that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it first began as a page of friendship, of dialogue between Christians and Muslims. And I just throw this in since you didn't mention it. Uh, my newest book, Tears in a Bottle, Seeing Through Their Eyes, is a way to dialogue with Muslims without building barriers and talking about the violence and the things in the world that we can talk about. But let's talk about what matters the most. And so this was a page originally dedicated as a dialogue page for Christians to talk with Muslims from heart. But it slowly evolved into being a voice of hope and freedom for Iranians. And that's kind of where it's at right now. I, I, I wonder if I can take a minute, if you don't mind. In one particular all. blog, one particular blog, I asked my friend Adafi, please tell me what it's like to live in Iran. She returned an email to me. This was just after The Rose of Neruz was published through CreateSpace. I, I just never have read anything that so broke me inside. Like you mentioned crying. I, I was at work when I read this. When she described the daily life of an Iranian woman, it broke me. Because it's so real. And, and remember, Atefi is a big inspiration for my book. And I want to take just a minute to read to you what she said about living in Iran because this is who this program is about. It's about them. But was asked, describe your life on a daily basis as a student in Iran. She says, imagine a day when you wake up and dress as normal as you always do. You are fresh to start a day, but as you reach your university facility, your phone rings. It's the security guard. They have been watching you talk to your male classmates, so you are called to the discipline committee to prove that you aren't involved with that boy in violation of the Islamic rules. You never can prove that, and you get something like a note in your graduation certificate stating that you had an illegitimate relationship with your classmate. Another day, as you enter the facility, a woman wearing a chador and that is like a dress from head to toe, covering the head, everything except the face. She's mm-hmm. wearing at your door. She stops you at the door, and she says, and she asks, that makeup you're wearing? Again, discipline committee. Day number three, your mobile rings. It's the discipline committee. Miss, why have you got a Facebook account? Why aren't you wearing a hijab in your profile picture? Again, discipline committee. Have you got a boyfriend? Who are your friends? Do your friends have boyfriends? Do they have sex with their boyfriends? Do your friends stay at your boyfriends' houses? Then they ask you to spy for them in the dorm and report to them anything that happens there. And if you say anything against Islam or any of the political figures or if you insult them, your parents won't ever see you anymore. You are graduating and you're working now. You've made it this far. Believe it or not, some of them do. 8 a.m., you go out of the house, and when you reach downtown, the to your shod. The morality police stops you. Again, the same questions. They take you to a police station. You sit next to men who have been arrested in the street. They take a picture of you while you are holding a paper with your name on it, exactly like a criminal. They treat you like a prostitute, bombarding you with their words and accusations until you burst into tears. Then they call your home and ask your parents to bring a longer manito, that is a dress. Okay. Then you have to sign a commitment paper which says if they see you on the street and they don't like your appearance, you will have to appear in court and the vicious cycle continues for the rest of your life. These are the daily routines for Iranian girls here, and when you wish to, to free yourself by migrating somewhere else, the sanctions and poor economical situation won't allow you to pay the primary expenses. Then you feel there is nothing called God. There's no justice. Just imagine a hot day in summer when you have to wear a manito, a scarf, and then you try to work. You can't even imagine the way we live here. You can't imagine. No, you never can. What do you say?
3: That is absolutely overwhelming. And you're right. What do you say? How do you respond to that? These are people living this. These are human beings living this. And you read these testimonials. These are men and women who know what freedom means, what freedom is, and they are not receiving freedom. You read these testimonials, and it just breaks your heart. And I don't know how you do it, Randy. You do this blog, The Cross in the Desert. And you record everything. You take in so much. I'm wondering, does it ever tax you emotionally? Like, some days I do these stories and I just burst into tears. Like, I am always fighting for the Muslim people. I cannot stand Islam. I make no bones about my show, I make no bones about my blog, about how I feel about Islam. But I always make it very, very clear. I have a very delineated point. There is a difference between Muslims and Islam. Yes. I know what Muslims undergo. I know what they're living underneath, the thumb of Islam. Islam is an evil entity. And these Mm -hmm. people are trying to break free. They're trying to reform. They're trying to uh, bring democracy within their countries, Mm -hmm. they're they're trying so very hard. But it just seems that Islam in particular is the big giant in the room pushing them down. So when you Mm -hmm. do these stories and when you research these stories and you speak to people, and in particular you're you're, uh, very close friends uh, from Iran, how do you get through it some days?
2: Well, the only way for me, Kel... As I take it before my God and Savior, Jesus, who is the reason I do this book, who is the reason I do these programs, Ah. and I lay it it at his feet and I ask and pray that he will so work in their lives, that he will bring freedom to them, that he will bring ...peace in the midst of oppression... ...that he will bring light in the midst of darkness... ...I can't handle that... ...and neither can you... ...it's oppressive... ...it's a weight... ...because we care... ...we genuinely care about these people... ...for me, Kel... ...I have to come to him in prayer... ...and he's the only way I get through it... ...because to listen to their heartaches every day... ...and the questions that they ask... ...where is God in all of this... ...why doesn't he answer our prayers... ...it hurts... ...it really, really hurts...
3: It is very hard to have to listen to their saying that, where is God? Well, God is here. God is with us. And I don't think, I always, Randy, I always say that God never gives us more than we can bear. We see that in the spirit of the Iranian people, in particular, as we are discussing today. But I see that everywhere. I don't think God gives us any more than we can bear. Mm-hmm. But it mm-hmm. it is burdensome some days. It is very burdensome. That's when... In myself, in particular, this is when I kind of retreat. I go into my corner, and I contemplate, and I pray very hard, and I ask God, please get me through this. Get me through this. And you know what? I do wake up. There is a new day, and there is a new refreshment in my spirit, and I can go on, and I can go on and fight the good fight for the good people, for the good people around the planet that are living underneath oppression and are trying to break ...free the chains that some stupid entity has uh, thrust upon them... Like I say, I make a very clear distinction between the Muslim people and Islam. Islam is not a religion in my eyes. Islam is a political entity. It's a very violent, and it's very, very oppressive. And we see these examples via Netta Sultan. We see these these examples via Caspian Macon. And we see these examples in your very, very fine book, like I say, that brought me to tears. We see them... We see the oppression through the characters of uh, Zinab, Behera. We see Ryan reaching out and trying to help. We see uh, Amir, Hadi. All these characters jump out to you. These characters are saying to you, this is my life. This is not the life I envisioned for myself. This is not the life I want for my children or my grandchildren. Please listen to me. I have a voice. I have something to say, and I need your help. And I am more than honored to do that. And if I even do it on my little radio show here, I at least I'm standing up for these people. And, Randy, yes. so are you. When you write these novels and you get the word out and people read your books and they read these words, you must feel like at least I did something today.
2: Yeah, I, I, I hear exactly what you're saying, and um, I'm sitting here thinking through how do I respond to their hurts. You know what it does for me? I'm sure this does it for you. We have real problems in our life. We have financial problems, struggles with this and that. When I find <laughs> myself starting to complain, and I think of my friends, There's no problem. Suddenly it's gone. I do that, too. And I feel that their, their lifestyle speaks so strongly to me. I'm so thankful for my freedom, and I feel just so desperately bad for them that when I have a problem and I start to complain, what nullifies all of that emotion and outrage is when I think of them. And and every time I catch myself, I say, you know what? For every little problem that you're suffering through, it's nothing compared to them.
3: Absolutely, because you and I, we don't wake up in the morning wondering whether or not we're going to be stopped by the morality police, as it were. We're, We we don't have to worry about sitting on a hot bus in the middle of a sweltering summer day and our hijab Mm -hmm. is itching at our heads and we cannot remove it because... We are going to be arrested otherwise. We don't have to worry about that. We don't have to worry about whether or not we have a little bit of ankle showing beneath our our kneecap. We don't have to worry about that at all. That's not our problem. No, we have to worry about, uh, you know, am I going to uh, pay this bill this week? Well, gee, if I can't pay that bill this week, oh well. You know what? It's not like my whole world is going to collapse. Mm-hmm. But if I show a little bit of ankle in 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 Sharia controlled uh, Middle East, mm-hmm. that's and in, in Iran, that can get me thrown in Evan prison. Those yeah, are the well, real it, worries. Not not yeah, not we, my we, worries.
2: We we have the freedom to assemble and to disagree with the government. We have the freedom to protest. We have the freedom. And to speak out They try that in Iran And they're arrested, interrogated Put in solitary confinement And under certain circumstances They're executed You have no freedom in Iran To express yourself I, I want to touch back on something you said earlier How you deal with this And I told mm-hmm. you, explained to you how I did When I wrote my last blog About uh, my friend Teffy Sharing what she thought about the upcoming election and This beautiful psalm Came to me and it sums up what I believe is a perfect answer to the, your question. When I cry out to God, I know something of the character of my God, that he cares for every detail of their life. I tell them that when I chat with them, that God cares for every detail of your life. This beautiful psalm, I think, sums up what, what I believe God thinks about the situation in Iran. He will rescue the poor when they cry to him. He will help the oppressed who have no one to defend them. He feels pity for the weak and needy, and he will rescue them. He will redeem them from oppression and violence, for their lives are precious to him. And that's the beautiful Psalm 72, verses 12 through 14. I really feel that's the heart of God for the Iranian people. It may not look like that anything is happening, but guess what? He has given you and me, Kel, and many other people the ability to speak for them. And I think in so many ways, the message is getting out, and God will use these programs to bring hope and freedom to them.
3: And I can't uh, even top that. I think that that is beautifully said. This is why I am so grateful that you're on my program today and sharing with my listeners uh, what you're doing, how you're doing it, why you're doing it, and what we can do about it as well. We really have to stand up, and we have to pay attention to what's going on to the people, ladies and gentlemen, Mm -hmm. the people, underneath the thumb of Islam. Iran is one example. Iran is very close to my heart. Iran is a beautiful, beautiful country, rich in heritage, rich in history. And to see it undergoing such awful regimes is heartbreaking to me because I know these people. They live in my heart. They're human beings. They need us, and we have to be there for them. We are over here in the West, and we sit here. And like Randy uh, brought up, worry about your bills. Fine, of course. Have your everyday concerns. Absolutely, we must. But also remember that there are everyday concerns on the other part of the planet, and they do not deal with the idi- uh, idiosyncrasies of whether or not that bill is going to be paid this week. Yeah. They are dealing with very real life-threatening issues, and that includes if you're showing too much or if you're wearing too much makeup, your daughter can be bundled into a van and taken to Evan Prison and interrogated, put in solitary confi- confinement. Your son is at a protest to protest the latest elections, because he thinks it's a fraud, and he's probably right. And you know what? He is right. He's bundled off to Evan Prison, and he's held in solitary confinement, and you may not see him ever again. There are real concerns on this planet, ladies and gentlemen. And me, I try to bring them forward, and people like Randy Noble bring them forward through his extraordinary writings. And I really do encourage people to visit his blog, The Cross in the Desert. Randy, you write everything in here. This is probably one of the best blogs I've come across.
2: Oh, well, thank you. I've just started in this, Kel. Uh, I want to just mention, if it's okay with you, my wife, uh, Becky, is a political Mm -hmm. blogger that writes some of the best uh, political blogs I've ever read, and it's only been in the last year. I'm so encouraged by my dear wife, Becky, and I want to say something good. I shouldn't forget her. Um, she writes uh, beautiful blogs. It's the called Conservative Cauldron, blogspot.com. And I just want to say to to your to your listeners, we have a unique marriage. I'm the Christian in the family, and she's the Wiccan. And uh, she's a ah. very conservative thinking Wiccan. Let me tell you, she's not like anyone you know. So, but you mentioned something very nice about my blogs, and I wanted to throw that in real quick because she writes good ones
3: Absolutely. One too. <laughs> and can you uh, relate that blog again?
2: It's called the theconservativecauldron.blogspot.com Let me tell you what, you know you're a conservative thinking person And we deal with the issues of our government here every day in our blogs Especially Becky, specifically what Obama is doing to destroy our planet I hate to say it, it sounds very graphic, but he is And she takes him to task in her blogs in a very constructive way, not just pointing out the things that are wrong, but also saying, here are the things we can do to bring change. Here's a plan that we can use to make things different in our country. So I just wanted to say that about her.
3: Well, that's absolutely fantastic, and this is the uh, format and the forum for you to share that. <laughs> I will actually be in touch with you to get the uh, the link proper so I can put it um, in, in, in my blog as well. Thank you. Absolutely, you bet. We are down to our last uh, thirteen minutes. Okay. Is there anything that you would like to share with my listeners in terms of the book itself? Where can people find the book?
2: Well, there are several I've, places. I've, I've already said,
3: but you go ahead and you tell me. There's more places sure. than I have I listed.
2: Um, and I don't think you have one of these stores in Canada. But it's only in the store that I work at. I work at a place called Family Christian uh, Bookstore here in Canada. I mean, okay. here in the United States. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's on the shelf there. But, you know, I send this book out, like I mentioned, Kel, on a PDF file. And you know what? If someone really wants this, I'll be glad to send it to them on a file. Um, and it's not its not going to charge them anything for it. Because the message of the Rose of Neroos, the dreams of hope and freedom, is something I want everyone to read um and, and it's also found at amazon.com or the create space bookstore either place you can go up and just type in the rose of naruz n-o-w-r-u-z it'll come right to it or just type in my name randy l noble it'll come right to a list of my books and that's the easiest and best way to find it you can come to my facebook page just friend request me i'll send it to you as well uh, the idea is to get the book into people's hands. And and you know, I, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm so humbled by the good kind words you have about my book. If it can make a drastic um if it can affect your life in the way that it has and make an impact on your life, I hope it makes the impact on other ones' lives as well, Cal. And that it will drive them to their knees in prayer and speaking out for my friends. So those are the ways you can get in touch with, uh, with obtaining the book. And like I said, I'll be glad to send it to anyone if they want in a file. But I'm also having a book signing this weekend and next weekend for The Rose of the And I wanted to mention, I am showing the film A Death in Tehran, the PBS documentary about Netta Sultan. Oh, and what really, the last book signing I had about this was six months ago in February. You should see the faces of customers coming into the bookstore looking for Bibles and other things. We have ties and jewelry and all kinds of things there. And then they come down to this table and they see this video of this young Iranian woman dying in the streets. And they stand there. They don't know what to say. And it gives me the opportunity to talk to them. So at these next two book signings, I'm going to be showing, again, a a tribute to Netta. And I, I think it's a fine documentary, it features a lot of Iranian people in it. It's really well done. It's very accurate. And, again, we're getting the message out through Neta.
3: I think that is wonderful. And uh, one day I'm going to meet you and bring my copy oh. so you can sign it for me. <laughs>
2: You know what? i tell you what. I uh, No problem. I'm going to get you a copy, and when we get off the phone here, you just give me your address. I'm going to make sure after my book signings that you get one, because I know it's a little difficult to sit at your computer day and night. I, I like e-books. My books are on Kindle, but there's nothing like the feel and the smell of holding a book in your hand. Oh, I on love hard copy.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, i got to have problem. my hard copy. <laughs> so you're going to get one.
2: <laughs> no problem. Oh, but Randy, sign- thank you very much no problem at all I love doing this it's the joy of my life to send it out but there's nothing like holding it in your hands you know
3: (laughs) absolutely absolutely as a matter of fact that's one thing I love to do too is I love reading books I always have a book in my hand as a matter of fact sometimes I have two maybe three books on the go (laughs) Um, I just finished reading a book about uh, Secretariat, one of my favorite racehorses in the whole wide world, by William Nack. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just love reading books. I, I read everything and anything I can get my hands on. But, Randy, I want to tell you, it was an honor to have you again. Again, I have to say, it was an honor to have you on the show today. I really am looking forward to your next book. Believe me, I, I can't put your books down. The, these are uh, fantastic you. novels that you write. You're a very prolific writer, and you very much bring the characters to life. I could practically smell the rain when Zena was walking down the street. I could practically wow. uh, feel the searing of the sun on Behera as she was sitting on the bus. Ladies and gentlemen, please, this is, like I say, probably one of the best novels I have come across in a long, long time, please go to Amazon.com, Randy L. Noble. You can find it there, and please visit Randy's blog as well, The Cross in the Desert. You will be profoundly amazed and very pleased at what you find there. Randy, it was an absolute pleasure. Please come back again.
2: I'd be glad to. Um, and my my newest book, Tears in the Bottle, is, is about a friendship between a Christian and a Muslim, and I hope that's well-received. The one I'm working on, Kel, is, is a sequel to The Promise. It's about the dark days after the Holocaust of uh, Jewish people getting their lives back together. And it's called Beauty from the Ashes, The Promise Fulfilled, and hopefully and prayerfully, it may be out by January of next year. I'm, I haven't started writing it, but... That's coming up in the next month, so I, I oh, hope that. So please. Um, <laughs>
3: please come back for that.
2: I uh, will. I would be glad would to you. Love, would
3: You've love been such
2: that. a kind, kind, kind host, and you're so you're such a passionate person. Uh, you have a real heart for Iranians. It's it's my pleasure to be on your show more than anything.
3: Randy, thank you so very much. I very much appreciate. And you have spent so much time with me today. I extended the show and you were so gracious with your time. I am uh, forever going to have you on my (laughs) my uh, dial. Randy, please come back. Randy, you have a standing invitation, an open invitation to come back to the show anytime you like.
2: Well, I I, know my visitors will be enthralled. Absolutely.
3: Well, I hope a lot of people, Kel,
2: get to hear this. Yeah, I hope a lot of people can. I'm going to have this up on my page, Kel, so that people can listen to it. And no matter how much time they can, they can always go back to it. And I'll have it on my Facebook page, so hopefully you'll have this link available so they can hear what we have to say.
3: Absolutely. What will happen is that upon the show closing, Blog Talk Radio will take it, and they will probably have it ready for our Carvel listen within the next 15 minutes after I finish taping. So it should be available for archive listen within 15, maybe 20 minutes after I finish taping the program.
1: Right. And like right. I say,
3: well ladies and gentlemen, you have to read this book. Like I say, it really changed my life. Like I, Randy, I can't say enough. It's just such a great novel. It's such a great book. And it's a... Like I say... You really want to know about the plight of the Iranian people, ladies and gentlemen, read Randy's book. Read this book, The Rose of Nauru's, please. Randy, on that note, I'm going to let you go, but I will be in touch with you via Skype a little later.
2: Yes, that's fine. I'll be here.
3: All right. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest today, Randy L. Noble, author of The Rose of Nauru's, available on amazon.com please uh, get it like i say it's a great read and like i say the characters they will live in your soul they're very good randy thank you very much
2: thank you so much for your graciousness and your compassion and i can see why you do blog talk radio you have a tremendous spirit of communication i so appreciate uh, your passion again and i, I oh, highly recommend you. your blog talk i i think that this is a, a big event in your life that you have a show it, you can bring on guests Kel, and communicate subjects and touch people's hearts you're doing a great service thank you
3: thank you you have a great night
2: you too i'll meet you later on skype what time do you want to meet
3: Oh, anytime. time. Right after this, in fact.
2: Okay. I'm going to come off this. Okay. Okay,
3: bye. Bye-bye. Bye. And that is the beauty of uh, what I do here on Blog Talk Radio, is that I make connections, I meet people, I meet people that impact my life, and hopefully they impact yours. I, like I say, I read this book, and I had to get in touch with the author. And I begged him, please come on my show and share this book with us. It is, like I say, it was a catalyst, another catalyst in my life reading this novel. What a wonderful man to spend so much time with me on my show. Now, that reminds me. I have uh, program announcements I said that I would uh, make at the beginning of the program, Kel is going back to prime time. Yes. I'm going to keep the Monday afternoon show, 3 p.m. I'm going to keep that time slot, but you will not hear me on Thursdays at 3 p.m. any longer. You will hear me instead on Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. That's right. So please mark that in your calendars. Kelly is going to change her show around. She's going back to primetime. I'm back. So you can hear me now at 3 p.m. Monday afternoons and 7 p.m. Friday evenings. That's Eastern time. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you all for being here I want to thank you all who listen in the chat room I want to thank you all who listen on other devices and I want to thank you all that listen in archive and I know you do I also want to thank you in particular for listening to my special Remembering Netta that was probably one of my most popular shows that I have done in this time slot I am honored that you enjoyed it I hope that I will always bring you the news. I hope that I will always be a little entertaining. <laughs> I really do love you guys. I really do appreciate your support. And I know you um, sometimes <laughs> there's days where you're listening and you're going, oh, there she goes again. But you know what? That's just the way I roll, and you don't seem to mind. You're very kind-hearted people out there, and I want to uh, keep going with it. So there you go. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you guys have a great afternoon. I will see you on Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And remember, it's your country. Take it back. Bye-bye. Hey, Dad, I brought you some groceries. Oh,
2: thanks, honey. Dad's getting older and needs a little more help with the day-to-day.
3: When we found out he had trouble keeping up with expenses, we didn't know what to do. There's help out there, though. We were relieved to find out Ameren can help with access to programs like energy assistance, bill paying options, and rebates, giving us the power to be at ease.
0: See how you can get help at Ameren.com assistance.